Hey guys, welcome back to Athlete Stories Podcast. Today we have Sam Briggs, but before I get into the introduction, I want to introduce our sponsors as well. Uh, thanks again to Wadproof. Uh, Wadproof is a timing app that supports the podcast, but more importantly, allows you to work out, time your workouts, whether or not you're doing EMOMs or AMRAPs or whatever type of acronym workout you're doing. And they just came out with Wadproof Bionics. So check them out at the link in our show notes. And I believe they have a discount available for you there. Uh, Athlete Stories is also brought to you by X Endurance Sports Supplements. X Endurance is uh, one of the few products out there, one of the few supplements out there that's approved by Informed Sport for professional athletes. So if you really, really mind what you put in your body, check out X Endurance. They also have a discount in the show notes as well. Back to the show with Sam Briggs. Sam, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. Absolutely. Hey, um, Sam, if you could describe yourself in three words, what would those three words be? Uh, happy, disciplined, and fun-loving. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I doubt that most people would describe me as those three. Disciplined, for sure. Sometimes happy. I don't know if I'm always fun-loving, though. <laughs> um, I, I want to be more like you. Uh Sam, do you go by Samantha to anybody? Does anybody call you Samantha? No, only when I'm in trouble, there, then what? I get called uh, Samantha. So I knew as a kid, if ever my mom called me Samantha, then I was in trouble. Got it. Yeah, I, I was like, you know, we were planning this show out and I was like, I've never heard her go by Samantha before. But, you know, as I'm like writing notes and stuff, I'm typing Samantha and I'm like, I don't know if, I don't know if anybody calls you this. No. Um, uh so so where are you from uh i'm from a little town uh, called pudsey in the uk and so most people would have heard of leeds it's just kind of outside of uh, leeds okay uh, were you born and how long did you live there were you raised there or yeah no i was born and raised there i didn't move out of there until um uh, I was probably 26 um, when I moved to Manchester. Got it. What was life? What was it like growing up there? Uh, it was good. It was, uh, we were on a, a little kind of like uh, cul de sac street. So, um, like, it was cool growing up with like lots of other kids on the street were around the same age. So, we would play kind of like roller hockey, uh, soccer, um, bulldogs charge, hide and seek, all those sort of sort of things. There was probably a good like maybe ten to fifteen kids on a regular night, so it was always outside playing. Um, and then uh, spent a lot of time when I was a child. My grandparents only lived maybe like five, 10 minute walk away from us. And they were both teachers. So weekends and like school holidays, we would be there and they lived opposite a farm. So mm -hmm. a lot of time was spent with the kids on the farm and um, we would be on the bikes or uh, we had like a little um, ATV and a little motocross bike. And it was just a lot of, t always a lot of time outdoors playing. That's really cool. I mean, uh, classical, like typical childhood upbringing, I guess maybe until the past 10 years where most kids are like on, uh, device. Yeah. Um, 
Because when I look back, I mean, that's, you know, we grew up in somewhat of a cul-de-sac playing with 10 to 15 kids, all sorts of sports. You get tired of one sport, you just play another sport. Yeah. Depending on what number of kids you have, you're like, well, we only have this many. So let's play this sport, you know? Yeah. Um, That's really cool. You you mentioned ATVs. Have you ever, have you gone four-wheeling with Emma McQuaid? No, she goes far too fast for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I can't imagine. Uh, that would be aggressive and you're pretty competitive too. So that, you know, you might get yeah. yourself No, hurt. like ours was kind of like, we had like a little 80 cc bike. And I think the quad was like a one, two, five. It was like nothing crazy. It was just enough fun to kind of bomb around the, the uh, farm and we'd occasionally go off into the, the woods and stuff when we were obviously a, a little bit older. Yeah. Uh, and explore that way. What did your parents do? Uh, so my mom, uh, was a nurse originally. Um, and then when she had me and my brother, she started working, uh, just part-time for a nursing home. And then she actually got into banking and my dad was a police officer. Okay. Pretty, pretty blue collar. Did you ever expect to become a nurse or a police officer? Like, was that how you were raised or did you kind of get the freedom to choose whatever you wanted to do? No, it was always the freedom to choose what I wanted to do. Uh, I was actually going down the route of, so my granddad was a chemistry lecturer at university and my grandma was a biology teacher and my uncle was an English teacher. So I was actually going down the route of becoming a teacher. I was definitely going more down the academic route uh, and then just kind of like big life change and that's when I actually like decided to uh, go for the fire service. I was going for the police and the fire service at the same time and got through to uh, interview stage on both. But I decided that the fire service suited me better. So that's the, the avenue that I went down. What you, you mentioned a life change. Uh, do you care to elaborate on that? Like when you... Uh, pivoted or was it just like a it was just kind of one of those moments where I was like I don't really want to be doing kind of uh I don't mean like a standard nine to five but I just didn't want to be like inside doing the same thing I would wanted to I'd um gotten a little bit more uh into the fitness side of things and I wanted to be a little bit more active. And so that's when I kind of made the decision that the academic side wasn't for me. I wanted to do something. Um, obviously I was going down the teaching route cause I felt like I was like helping somebody. Um, and I wanted to do that, but maybe more of a physical side. And that's when I was then looking for the police and fire service. That's really cool. Do you, and you went on to become a firefighter, right? Yeah, for 10 years. Okay. Do you still you still fight fires every once in a while these days or what? <laughs> I've not done. Uh, I like officially resigned in 2014. Um, and that's just when like CrossFit was taking off. It was one of those decisions that in order to be competitive uh, at the games level, it wasn't conducive to be working nights. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. And you won the CrossFit Games in 2013, right? Yeah. Okay, so it was kind of, I have no idea what the prize money was back then, but probably not enough for you to like 
retire forever, but enough for you to like consider the next year of competition? Yeah. No, that was so at the time, uh, I took a sabbatical from the fire service. Uh, and so I actually worked my last night shift just as the open was starting in 2013. Uh, and that's when I had a taste of going kind of professional for CrossFit. Uh, obviously, then that worked well in 2013, I won the games. So that then allowed me to pursue being a professional athlete. I extended the career break uh, for a year. Um, and unfortunately, due to budget cuts in the fire service, they were recalling people on sabbatical. And I was just not ready at the time to go back to work. So I had to make the decision to like see where the CrossFit journey could actually take me. Um, would you say it was a good decision? Oh, I definitely like, I don't have any, any regrets. Uh, if I hadn't have found CrossFit, then I definitely would still be, or if I hadn't have been as good at CrossFit, I definitely would still have been in the fire service. I loved, uh, I loved the job. Um, I loved the, the guys that I worked with, but at the time it was like, I had to pursue it's like kind of everybody's dream, I suppose, to be a professional athlete and yeah, kind of see where that could take me. Yeah, and not everybody gets that opportunity or you know the physical ability. So yeah. I, I think it, I think you took the you made the right choice. Um, and I I don't think CrossFit would be the same if you hadn't have gone down that journey. So so thank, thank you. you. Um, and uh, hey, did you ever fight any fires? Like, do you have any crazy experiences as a firefighter? Yeah, I fought a lot of fires and did a, a lot of things. Um, one of the things after I'd done my probation is um, you can put in for a transfer. And I purposely went to a busy station to get experience. So we were out at a lot of different kind of fires and stuff. And the station that I worked at predominantly in my career had uh, a special um unit which was sent out to any like major rescues so any uh big car accidents or if um, there was a, a a truck involved or a building collapse anything like that we were mobilized uh, anywhere within the the region uh, so we got a lot of different kind of exposure to incidents not just fires that's great i would um I have, I have a couple of, I have a bunch of friends that are firefighters, but a few of them that have never fought fires and then a few of them that have like pulled people out of fire. So I'm always interested yeah. in the, in the crazy stories. Um, going down memory lane for a second, uh, back to the 2013 CrossFit games, when you won that competition, what was that like for you? Can you recall like the <laughs> feeling, the, I like, I still don't think it kind of like sits in that it's real it's like if you think about all the time that you train like for that moment and the moment is over like so quickly that is definitely a surreal experience sometimes you think back and you're like oh I actually did that yeah <laughs> that's pretty cool right yeah I wish sometimes um with accomplishments like that I mean I haven't of course accomplished that but I've done some cool things, but I wish 
you could like hold on to that or like (laughs) put that feeling in like a jar and like, you know, every now and again you can just open it and be like, ah, yes, that was it. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is great. You know, you put it back, um, you know, especially when you're having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month and be like, oh, no, no, no. Open the jar. (laughs) Um, How, if you could compare, I'm a numbers guy. So this, this question may not like work well if you're not but like if you could how much harder percentage wise do you think it is now to compete in the crossfit games versus 2013 because obviously the sport has progressed not that it's ever been like you were indisputably the fittest on earth back then but like it's gotten more challenging i would say how much harder do you think it is to win the games if it's five percent or fifty percent do you know what i'm saying yeah, I think um, I think it's different because you also have to look at uh, kind of the the relative training that uh, went in to be able to compete at that time, and the kind of like the knowledge going in to the nutrition to the different training methodologies the different accessory work a lot of the things that we were doing uh back in 2013 training wise were exploring different methodologies different uh training programs different um kind of cycles some things didn't work some things did uh which then has kind of like paved the way to how you should train for the games and how as a competitive athlete you need to be doing x y and uh z um so i think that uh, obviously things have changed a lot um there's also the one of the things that was different back the games then uh, was more um, the mentally draining side of things that we were at the venue most mornings at 6 a.m. for briefings. They would do individuals, teams, individuals, teams. Then we weren't leaving the venue some nights until after 10 p.m. Whereas now from feedback, the games is a much more kind of like dialed in experience and there's no early morning starts unless it's essential for maybe one workout. Uh, most evenings you're done kind of like six, seven, because um, the recovery side of things has also uh, become more important. And they know for better performances that if athletes are more recovered, they're going to perform better. So then they're yeah. going to put on a better show for people. And it's not really who can just survive the weekend anymore. It's actually like showcasing the, their fitnesses across the full weekend, not just who can actually perform a workout on the, on the last day. Yeah. It's not so much the savage race anymore. It's uh, yeah, more sport and audience driven. Yeah. Um, so it's well, very different to kind of like put a number. Obviously, the weights um, and maybe the intensity of some of the things have improved. But sometimes the most brutal workouts are the simplest workouts. And going back to the traditional CrossFit are actually the the better tests of fitness. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, if you, even if you look at uh, like Wadapalooza, for example, I think every, not everybody, most of the people that I've talked to would agree that the worst workout was the Echo Fran. Yeah. Uh, like 
I think 30, 30, 20, 10, you know, echo bike, chest bar thruster. I think that's what it was. Yeah. The um, teams had the 30, 20, 10, the individuals had the 21, 15, nine. So it was front, heavy front with chest bar, uh, and then add on the, the echo bike. bike as well. Um, and from an audience perspective, you're like, oh, they're done in, you know, five minutes. Like that must've been the easiest one compared to like the flipping the, uh, yeah. Uh, not pig, but the the thing, yeah. the flip flip sled. Um, yeah. All the other stuff, you know. But in reality, like the five minute workout, the the original yeah. CrossFit style workout was the most difficult. Um, why didn't you do Wadapalooza? Is because you just did Dubai? Uh, yeah. So um, we decided that after I'd done Rug and Dubai, that I needed just a little bit more time off um, before the Open and the the season like kicked into into start um so we made the decision just before dubai um because i was originally going a team of three with emma so i was like okay emma uh you're gonna go individual for for uh what a and now she's like damn it i'm gonna have to train hard over christmas yep <laughs> hey it worked out for her it did, um, yeah. I definitely don't think there was any regrets for her there. <laughs> yeah, she owes you a dinner or something because the the reward on first place in Indy is a little different than the reward on teams. Yeah, she um, picked a good year to do individual. <laughs> heck yeah, it was a, it was a it was a really fun competition. Did you watch it online or were you there? I was there. I was okay. a standing coach. Uh, so me and Emma have the same coach, and he couldn't go out, so I was there um, as coach. Okay. And is far more stressful than competing. I think I was more tired than her at the end of the weekend. I know. And it's like, it's sad to say that, right? Because you're not like, you're not doing the work work. But I mean, even like, you know, working uh, at coaching and, and, and having some uh, athletes there, like we walked around like 20,000 steps a day on average, yeah. like losing our voice, dehydrated, missing meals. Like I was like, I'd rather just be working out. Like, <laughs> This is a lot back here. Um, so I feel, yeah, like sleeping five hours a night. Like it was just, it was a, Waterpalooza week is an exhausting week, but totally yeah. fun. Um, what about, uh, how did you like Dubai? What were your, um, what was your overall experience uh, with the Dubai CrossFit Championship? Yeah, I mean, it was very different to previous years. Um, just the, the competition was only over three days Um instead of the usual uh, four, and the first day was only one event, really. So I'm used to a lot more events, kind of a lot bigger competition. But um, it was as fun as always. It's always really good to get out there and have a little bit of winter sun and just to kind of finish the, the year off with, with a bang kind of thing. Yeah, what what's your favorite competition to compete in typically? Rogue, the games, Wadapalooza, Dubai. Um, I mean, Rogue's fairly new uh as far as True. like the competition going. The first year it ran, I only did the the Legends uh version of it, and then the second year was obviously online. So, um this last year was kind of my first experience of it. Uh, I think it, they did uh, a great job. They always they always do go the extra mile to look after the the athletes, which I think is really cool because uh, a lot of other competitions, 
it's not that they don't care about the athletes, but they definitely they're just trying to like put on a good competition. Whereas rug, it's all about the athlete experience kind of first, I think. So that's yeah. always a cool thing. Um, I don't know. Like I think Dubai will always like hold something special for me. Just the first time I ever did it, it was after I was questioning whether to retire or not after the games in 2016, uh, I had to have shoulder surgery. So the, the, Aim was after the shoulder surgery. Okay, let's see if we can qualify for Dubai and let's see how we do in Dubai and then assess if we're gonna like make another run at the the games. And obviously it's 2022 20, now and I'm still going. <laughs> so it, it was a good experience. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you still have the same have you always had the same coach? So uh, I actually worked with James back in uh, kind of like 2011 to until 2014 when I moved out to the States. Uh, he just did at the time kind of uh, movement mechanic work. So I worked with him alongside my like CrossFit coach. Uh, and it was purely that I wasn't in the country anymore to kind of get hands-on training with him. It wasn't that we kind of like, fell out or anything and then in 2016 I was back in the UK uh, and I started having trouble with my shoulder before the games so I got in touch with him I was like uh, can you help me please the CrossFit Games is in three weeks and I can't lift my arm more than an inch off my body (laughs) kind of thing so he uh, he helped devise kind of like a plan going into the games and he was out at the CrossFit Games anyway looking after Team Yas that podium that year. So he was looking after me at the games and then when I after the games when we found out that I needed shoulder surgery he was then look if you'd like to get back to competing I'd like to help you. And at the time now, he does full CrossFit programming. It's not just kind of the the movement side of things. So I was like, okay, sure. And he said, there's one condition. I program everything and you have to listen to me. And I was like, ah, okay. (laughs) Which was a hard thing for me because I spent like 2014 to 2016 kind of programming for myself. Uh, working with a few like specialist coaches in like lifting and gymnastics, but then supplementing that with my own programming. So to hand somebody the reins and let them be fully in control, I was like, ah, oh, do I really want this? Yeah, that's, I think, most people's life story. <laughs> Handing over control is always pretty tough. Yeah, but it seems um, to work. I'm still going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would say it is working. Um what got you into actually you know what i want to ask a separate question about that this is sort of a sidebar just kind of current events um what are your thoughts on the and you can do like no comment if you want to but the noble jersey thing did you read about that i'm sure you know about that but Uh, did you read about it i don't know about that sorry so really the the subject at hand morning chalk up wrote about it but like in most sports um almost all sports like if your name's on a jersey you're getting paid yeah um but then the noble shirts jerseys we can call them either one um 
athletes like yourself aren't getting compensated for the sales of the shirts with your name on them. Right. Um, what are your, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I didn't really know about that. Um, I don't think it's fair. If they're selling something like with somebody's name on it, then they should be getting at least a, a cut of the profit for, for the sale of that shirt. Um, I believe, um, like the Reebok jerseys, I know that I think the Reebok athletes did get a cut, but then if they sold a jersey and it wasn't a Reebok athlete, I think there was something similar back in the past. Um, so I do believe that should be resolved because if it's got somebody else's name on it, then it's their name that's selling the shirt. Otherwise, they'd be getting a plain shirt, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, you wouldn't buy the shirt if it didn't say Briggs or... Yeah. Olson or whatever. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I was curious of your thoughts. You know, technically, um, when you sign up for the open, and most people don't know this, uh, you're 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 signing off rights to your name and image likeness to CrossFit LLC, uh, which is how they get away with selling shirts with your name on it um, legally. But just for the audience, and maybe for yourself to know that. Um, so if you want to do the open, you kind of got to give them uh, the ability to do that. However, uh, and you have to read it in Morning Chalk Up. Um, Todd at Noble uh, made some comments that they're working on doing something like that next year. Just yeah. to, to play both sides. Um, how did you get into CrossFit? Uh, I just retired from uh, soccer. I was running for a club in Manchester and just basically spending most of my life in a global gym training. As a firefighter at the time, you I worked two days, two nights, and then had four days off. So my four days off would be like majority of the time in the gym. And one of the personal trainers at the gym saw kind of the style of training that I was doing and stuff. And asked me if I fancied going to um, a CrossFit class. So he said, he's like, Google it. If you like the sound of it, I'll take you to uh, a class here in Manchester. And I Googled it, thought it looked really, really weird. But I was like, well, might as well give it a chance. Did my first session and basically cancelled my global gym membership and then spent every morning and afternoon in a CrossFit gym. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? That was 2009. Wow. What uh, Do you remember your first CrossFit workout? I do. It was Helen. Wow. What? Uh, that, okay. Um, and how did that go? Uh, well, I was already a good runner. Uh, I did strict pull-ups and then these weird kettlebell swing things and just basically tried to kill myself, go as hard as I could, um, felt like death afterwards and was hooked. Did you do pretty well though? Because I mean, you have an, an incredible engine and I guess back then there was kind of a lot of running and CrossFit no matter what anyways. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, um, so fitness wise, I was already, uh, very fit. Uh, I had like kind of like the raw strength from being a firefighter and we would go in the gym with the guys and do 
bench press and kind of like half range squats (laughs) and some pretty ugly deadlifts. So I had the raw strength there. Like I said, I could do um, a strict pull up. I didn't know how to keep. For me, it was more the um, body awareness. And so like trying to keep and then learning the ollie lifts and the gymnastics, that was the hard thing. Like the fitness side was was already already there. Yeah, that was came with your career in sports. So you yeah. you mentioned soccer. Did you play other sports? Uh, I did a lot of sports growing up. My main sport was soccer that I did like all the way through. Uh, played rugby, raced mountain bikes, ran cross country, uh, did some karate, some kickboxing, um, basically anything that I could do, I would like do just to stay active and stay fit. Um, have you ever watched Ted Lasso? I've not watched it actually. I don't know. Like a lot of people have said it's good, but I don't know if it'll just annoy me or not. Um, I, I think you got to give it a try either way. Uh, it might annoy you, but it's so wholesome that you'll be like, you know, like those commercials that annoy you, but you still watch them, Yeah, you know? It's you just like, kind of drawn in. You're like sucked yeah. in anyway. But chances are you'll love it. It's really like <laughs> you'll like it because it's you know they're in the UK and soccer. But uh, but he's a, he's a really great actor and it's entertaining. You should definitely watch it. Yeah. Um, especially if you just need to laugh or smile because it'll inevitably make you do both. Um, what's your proudest moment uh, as a as a kid or maybe a young adult that you can remember? Wow. Um, (laughs) That's hard. I don't know. As a kid, I always tried hard. Um, I just wanted like my mom to always be like proud of me. And so my mom and dad separated when I was kind of like 11. So I always saw how hard like my mom worked to make sure that me and my brother still had everything. So I always wanted to kind of make her proud. Um, but no kind of like single moment kind of like stands out as a, as a kid or a, okay. a young adult. Do you know? Uh, Maybe like when I, you- when I passed out for the fire service, that was probably one of my like proudest like moments it's so hard to get into the the fire service and then to get through all the training um we had three months residential training so on a sunday night we had to be on site and we weren't released until uh friday evening you were kind of their property wow Um, like bud's week in the military or something like that yeah it's the it's definitely uh softened up uh since then it was very kind of like military style they like they could wake you up through the night and drill you you had to um, you weren't allowed to walk anywhere you always had to march everywhere you always wow. had to stay in sync it was like pretty pretty bad they were if your bed wasn't made right they'd come and like tip it all up and everything so oh wow <laughs> <laughs> that's different than it is now for sure yeah um do you do you, can you recall what your earliest childhood memory is? 
my earliest childhood memory. So the thing that springs to mind there is uh, we had a German shepherd and he like escaped the garden and got knocked over. And uh, I remember him being in the house and me and my brother at the time shared a bedroom and we had bunk beds. And I was trying to see what was happening with the dog and like shouting my mom, what's happening? What's happening? She's obviously trying to look after the dog and doesn't want to be like bothered by me. And I can remember falling out of the top bunk and I'm like, oh, I just fell. And she's like, well, you shouldn't have been nosy. <laughs> I, um, how Luckily, old were you? The dog was fine. He had to have a little uh, surgery on his leg, but he was, he was okay. But as a nosy kid, I like couldn't give my mom like two minutes peace trying to look after the dog. Yeah, I know. I, I, my parents would probably say that I was the same. So, um, when I was a kid, I broke my arm, uh, riding a bike, but I slept on the top bunk as well. Um, and I fell off the top bunk, uh, because it didn't have that little, you know, like, yeah, the barrier thing. Know. I don't know why it didn't have that. Um, maybe we, maybe we bought the bunk bed from a yard sale or something, but, um, so I woke up, like I fell and woke up once I fell on my broken arm and like, it was like a siren went off and I was like eight years old, just crying like bloody murder. Cause I just <laughs> fell on my broken arm. Um, what, uh, what was your favorite workout at the CrossFit games? In any CrossFit games? Yeah. Like what's, what's been your most favorite event that you've ever done in the past, uh, what nine Eight, eight years of competing. Eight years? Yeah, eight times. Anyways, go uh, ahead. Ten times. Ten times at the games? Yeah, nine as an individual and the one year that I went Masters. Right. Okay. Gosh, that's a lot. Been around forever. <laughs> that's a lot of CrossFit games. Um. Anyways, what was your favorite event? <laughs> okay, the one that stands out the most was uh my first event at the games like ever back in 2010 and that was uh amanda and that, that was the first time at the stub hub said uh, so it was the first ever event under the lights in the tennis stadium and that's when i knew that i wanted to be a crossfit athlete i kind of just got into crossfit and kind of like stumbled on competing uh it was I was trying to become a um, triathlete and so CrossFit was supplementing my triathlon training mm -hmm. and it was that event that I was like, no, this is what I'm meant to be doing. This is where I should be. Um, so that was kind of the defining moment of I wanted to be a, a CrossFit athlete. Mm -hmm. um, then other workouts um i think one of the big one that stands out again on the amanda uh, theme of things was the uh amanda 4.45 uh in 2017 and that's when it was was it like 13 11 9 7 five, three or whatever the, the reps were of yeah. the, the squat snatches and muscle-ups. And that's when I knew that I could still be competitive after coming back from the, the shoulder surgery. And 
being able to do that volume of uh, snatches and muscle-ups again after the surgery, it was like, yeah, okay, I am meant to be back. I, I didn't have to retire last year. This is this is where I should still be. <laughs> That's so cool, and it's so ironic that it was the same workout. Yeah. Um, like, what are the Just odds? a little bit harder. And yeah. I, didn't, well, I, didn't yeah. actually, I couldn't finish Amanda in 2010. Uh, that was my one rep max snatch. <laughs> I could kind of do some ugly muscle-ups uh, and then being able to finish in 2017. I think I finished like third or fourth in that workout as well. Oh, that's so cool. So it was like a pretty cool moment. Yeah, that's awesome. Um you uh what was i gonna say you're we talked a little bit about what you wanted to do as a career and then what you did do as a career what was your favorite like topic or subject growing up in school like what was your favorite thing to study or to do uh so i i was better at kind of like the the numbers and stuff so uh, maths and science were kind of my main subjects so i originally started doing uh, maths with biology to to do that uh, to be a teacher um what kind of student were you were you a good kid or were you a, a troublemaker somewhere in between uh i'm a good kid but i had like a little mischievous like side to me they like never like naughty or intentionally like bad, just like would try and push boundaries a little bit. You got to push the boundaries. Yeah. Did you ever get in trouble? What's the most trouble you've ever been in growing up? Uh, I don't know. I probably like snuck out and it's when you get to that age where you like try where you're all your friends like trying alcohol and you like you have a couple of sips and you come home drunk and it's like <laughs> you feel so big when you're with your friends and then you get home and your mom's yeah, like, you're so oh, small. Have you been drinking? No, no, yeah. not me. <laughs> um did you have a, a hero or heroes growing up? I used to love watching uh, the Olympics and the track and field. So when I was growing up uh, in the UK for the Team GB, we had uh, a few good role models in the female side. Like we had uh, Denise Lewis and stuff. So um, the the track and field always and the sprints used to, I used to love watching them and look up to them. Unfortunately, I was never very powerful. So I was always put on the longer distances and the cross country. I'm like, I want to sprint. I want to do the hundred meters. No, you're not fast enough. Go, go run 5k. But I want to do this. No, no. <laughs> I'm the opposite, except probably not that good at the hundred either, but if I'm going to do anything, it's a 40 or a hundred and then I'm done. Like yeah. gassed out. Um, you, uh, what is your morning and, and nighttime routine like? Are you pretty consistent? I am very consistent. Uh, I was actually listening to Emma McQuaid's um, interview that she did on Talking Elite uh, yesterday, I think. And they were asking what she thought made me a good athlete. And she was just like, she's so routine. I was like, damn it. I thought I hit it really well. <laughs> what is your morning routine like? What is it? <laughs> Wake up, up at what time? Same, up at the same time every day. Uh, same breakfast, same everything. Uh, I go to bed at the same time. Uh, yeah. 
My morning's like a typically, like you can see he's asleep now. Yeah, you can hear him. Yeah, and his little tongue sticking up. Um, yeah. awesome. So once I once I'm up and I've had breakfast, it's walking the walking the dogs, and then I get ready for my morning session. Um, my morning sessions more kind of like mobility, rehab, prehab, work, and then cardio. Lunchtime, and then I head into the gym, and then I have a good group of girls that I train with on an afternoon. Then evening, eat, walk the dogs again, and then it's chill and relaxed time, do any recovery that I need to do. And it's uh, I'm normally in bed for kind of like that, like 8.30 time, a little bit of reading, and then lights out uh, just after 9 o'clock. What do you like to read? What are you reading right now? Uh, I read anything, just something to like switch my mind off. I've actually just read uh, Ben Bergeron's new book. Uh, it's about leadership, so it didn't really have anything to do with me, but um, Nicole had bought it, and I just finished my book, and I was like, oh, I'll read it. It's actually it's actually really good. It um, takes a lot of uh, – I did a lot of leadership stuff for the fire service. Uh, I actually, um, before I resigned, was – um, a, a watch commander, which is like your captains over okay. here. Uh, so I, I did um, like management and did a business degree as part of um, all of that promotion. So a lot of the stuff that I learned, he puts into kind of like real life scenarios, makes it easy to understand. So if anybody's looking at building a small business or team or anything, definitely worth a little read. Little plug for for Ben there. <laughs> Awfully nice of you. Um, what's your favorite book or, or top top two or three? My favorite book is a book called Endure by Alex Hutchinson, I believe, um, and it's a big thick book, and I've read it from cover to cover probably four or five times now, and it's. Awesome. You like always, I'll always forget bits. So when I go back and read it, it helps. And it's just kind of like looks at what makes a human able to endure. Is it like, and what stops you going past it? So is it the mind's capacity or is it like the body? And obviously it's a mix of two. So, it, but it looks into all the different elements that like makes you give up and how you can or how athletes who are at the top of their sport can kind of like overcome like these barriers and able to become the best in their sport because they're able to endure uh, a little bit longer than others. I need to pick that up. Um, it's, really, it's definitely worth the, the read. Yeah, it sounds really good uh, to me. It sounds like something I would enjoy a lot. Um, have you ever thought about writing a book? I have. I've written uh, autobiography. Um, which I never thought I would do. I was like, who wants to read about my life? Uh, but uh, I got approached by uh, a publishing house and they provided the, the ghost writer. So it was actually a lot easier experience than I thought it was going to be because it was basically just me being interviewed and telling him my life story. And then he oh, put it into. That's awesome. That's great um did is it out yeah uh, okay 
I should have, that's a lack of preparation on my end. You are um, all good. It's called Start Your Engines. No, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> when did it come out? Uh, it was actually really bad timing. It came out just before COVID. So there was no big like signings, no big book release. It was actually like real, really unfortunate timing. The same for the audio book. Um, I wasn't able to record the audio book because I wasn't allowed to go into a studio. We were very limited on who we could choose to do the reading. because It had to be somebody with a home studio. So everybody who's had the audio books and it sounds like uh, one of the professors out of uh, Harry Potter. I was like, <laughs> surely that's entertaining. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be complaining. I love Harry Potter. Um, I'd, I'd probably enjoy listening to it. Um, what? Uh, okay, that's dope. I'll have to check that out. I did not know that. Um, I, I, I wrote a book two years ago and I always forget about it too. And it was, it came out January 2020 so you know right before the pandemic as well um and so i i often think like should i make a second push on the book you know like like new book (laughs) like hey everyone um so uh what do you think is the heart this is out of left field just coming back to the crossfit world what do you think is the hardest thing about being a crossfit athlete kind of you you made me think about it with that Endura book, but is it the training? Is it the mindset? Is it the, the income? Um, I think the hardest thing about being a CrossFit athlete in the beginning was just that it was paving the way. It was so, so new, uh, obviously sponsorship in the beginning, uh, wasn't a lot. Um, I think now, like obviously there's a lot more things in sport and CrossFit's a lot uh, wider recognized. <coughs> so for uh, up and coming athletes, like I think a perfect example is looking at Mal O'Brien and Emma Carey that have uh, had the training from a young age and are coming through as athletes and not having to do a second job or um, supplement their training with anything. So I think that was definitely the hardest thing in the beginning is you're training, you're training like a professional athlete putting in all the time, but you weren't getting the money or the recognition of a professional athlete. And I think things are definitely still a long ways to go, but have improved drastically. Yeah. I would agree. What, what, how does it feel to, cause this is a, such a unique sport um, where a woman at your age would be competing against a girl of Emma's age or Mal's age uh, and having a relative competition like physically and, and all the thing. I mean, you know, very, very competitive teenagers. Right. And so like, what does that feel like out on the field? Like, is it humbling? Is it inspiring? Is it both? Uh, I forget how old I am until like articles like say that I'm like twice the age of Emma Carey and then I'm like, damn it, am I really like that old? Like what happened? <laughs> um yeah, I think I would I think that's I always say you're as old as you feel. Um unfortunately sometimes I feel way older than I am. But yeah, but no, I think it's awesome to see uh like young athletes like coming through like that and it's only going to inspire like 
uh, an even younger generation coming through. And uh, I just think it's great that these role models are now available for young girls and young girls are seeing that they can be strong and fast and capable. They don't have to be like skinny and all the things that the media. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's your favorite competitor to compete against or with other than Emma, if Emma's (laughs) going to be your first choice, who else is it? Oh, I like, I think that's one of the things that I love about CrossFit is you make uh, friendships and like competitions are kind of like reunions. It's like you look forward to going to a competition because you get to catch up with your friends. I mean, obviously, as soon as three, two, one go happens, you're like, it's all business. But yeah. then afterwards, like in between events and stuff, it's like playtime. So I've always, uh, I've always tr- enjoyed training with other athletes and pushing like that. Uh, spent a while uh, training with Sarah, and we always have uh, have a laugh. Um, so it's always good to to catch up and uh, get to. It was uh, great to see her back in competition. Luckily, the um, scare that she had at uh, Waterpalooza wasn't as bad as uh, what was first thought. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's really great news. Um, <clears throat> if you were to do teams, who would be on your team? Um, sorry, he's trying to get involved. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I would probably do like a OG team. I used to have like such fun training with Dan Bailey. So let's bring let's bring Bailey back in the the mix of things. Um, then who else who else would I have? Um you can have Emma if you want to put Emma on the team. Okay, we'll bring Emma in. Uh so does that mean I have to have one more guy? A, another younger guy? Anybody um, you want. I don't really know. The only other like guy that's like still competing. Oh, I know. Let's have like Panchek in there too. Like okay. he, retired, he retired, but then comes back and he's like kicking ass again. I'm like, <laughs> has he really retired? <laughs> I think retiring is a different word in the CrossFit world than it is in other yeah. sports. Um, everybody's like MJ retiring where they just keep coming, keep back. coming back. Um, so we, we, we like to end the show with like a mix of what we call like rapid fire and then some, some rabbit hole questions. So that, that's kind of like where we'll go now because these will seem random to you. Um, if you could put anything on a big blank billboard for like anybody to see, maybe the busiest intersection that you know of, what would, what would it say? Follow your dreams. Love it. Um, summer or winter? Summer. For sure. Not good in the cold. Uh, I don't know anybody that has said winter or will say winter. Um, but time, only time will tell. Uh, do you have a favorite number? 13. Why 13? <laughs> it's the year that I won. So it's the number that I'm stuck with. I True. Well like it. <laughs> um, if, if you weren't a professional CrossFit athlete at this stage in your life, what would you be doing professionally? Uh, I think I'd still be a firefighter. Okay. Um, pizza or tacos? 
Ah, uh, I would have always said pizza, but I've just had a week in Mexico and I practically ate tacos for every meal every day. So I've kind of been like turned over to the, the taco side. Reborn. That's a taco. Yeah. yeah tacos, are, tacos are very, uh, you know, diverse. You can eat them at, at every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner tacos and dessert tacos. Yeah. Um, you prefer texting or talking? Texting. I really don't like talking to people. <laughs> that's, that's really bad. But like, if somebody's ringing me, I'm like, oh, can you not just say that in a text? Yeah. Well, we appreciate your time today. <laughs> um, uh, if you could have the choice between talking to animals or understanding every human language, which I feel like I know the answer to this question already, which one would it be? I've got to talk to this little guy. I knew it. Plus, you don't like talking to people, so why would you want to know every language? Um, <laughs> if that you, sounded worse than it is, but <laughs> it's all right. Uh, if you this one, this one's tougher. So, good luck. Uh, if you had to choose, this is called the trolley dilemma. Have you ever heard of the trolley dilemma? No. Okay. If so, a hypothetical scenario: there's two train tracks and one train. On both train tracks, there's uh, a loved one of yours and five strangers. The train's got to go on one track and you're in control. Which way are you letting it go? I'm going to like crash it in the middle and sacrifice myself for the six of them. Wow. <laughs> I don't know that anybody's ever, I don't know if that is an answer, but nobody's ever brought that up yet. So you're the most altruistic person of them all, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, you win. Um, hopefully, hopefully nobody like listens to this part and then I interview them and then they just keep stealing what you said. <laughs> That's probably the best answer. Um, Sam, how do you want people to remember you? Uh, for always like enjoying life. Love it. Um, well, Sam, those are the all the questions that I have for you today, it's been a ton of fun having you on the show. Um, really look forward to uh, next season um, and you breaking some more records. Um, <laughs> you have any comments or anything for the audience before we close out today? Uh, good luck with the prep for the open. It's only a month away. <laughs> only a month away. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being on the athlete stories podcast today. It was really cool learning a lot more about you than you can typically find by Googling. I probably could have read the book though and found out some of this stuff. So I'll let you off. Uh, I didn't know you had a book either. So we're even. <laughs> I appreciate yeah, we're we're even. Hey, where can people find the book? Is it on Amazon and everything? Yeah, it's on Amazon. There's uh, it's out on hardbook and paperbook now. Heck yeah. So, okay, cool. So for the audience, they can find your book anywhere books are sold. And it is uh called Start Your Engines. Start your engines. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being on the show today, Sam, and look forward to seeing you in the open and seeing you at the games. No problem. Thank you very much. See ya. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too.